What's up, Warriors? It's Matt Engler here. So today I am excited to announce that we have a special guest on today's podcast. His name is Rich Ryan. He is a 2020 Spartan Pro Athlete, and he's going to share with us some of his insights into uh, how he trains and prepares for OCR events, and also going to share some uh, some little uh, tricks to the trade on how to prepare for uh, OCR events. So um, I'm really excited about this. Rich Ryan, coming at you next. Welcome to the Warrior Optimized Podcast. Join your host, Matt Engler, as he shares insights into the strategies and mindsets that can be implemented to guide you down the road toward living fully optimized. As a business owner, sales and marketing director, success coach, anti-aging advocate, and lifelong learner, stories and lessons will cover a wide range. But golden nuggets are waiting to be uncovered, so buckle up. And it's interesting because what I decided to do recently was, and it was only because people had asked me because I had made some improvements in in, in my uh, racing. And again, I'm at a I'm at another level below, but um, but it was something that people had noticed, and they were just like, "What did you do?" You know? And I'm like, first of all, that's cool you noticed." <laughs> and then second of all, I was like, "Yeah, what did I do?" You know? And there's and definitely there's tactics. And, and you said it all in, in, on your webpage and I was reading, I was like, Oh my God. Like I was actually like getting a little goosebumps because it's like exactly kind of the stuff. Like it's not about training harder. It's, you know, it's really about keying in on, on, on the particulars that mm-hmm. are going to get you the most success. You know, if you just want to be really in good shape and well conditioned, I mean, there's a ton of stuff you could do. And most people are probably on, on the path to that, but if it's specifically OCR stuff, um, it's a different world and you, and you can't try and train everything. Uh, and one comment you did make, which I thought was awesome was just about you, people aren't even confident in the training they're doing is actually producing results. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't remember exactly how you, how you frame that, but basically like if there's this confidence thing, like, yeah, I'm training hard, but I don't even know if this is the stuff I need to be training for, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, but anyway, one of the things I found, uh, with, with my kind of evolution, was related to mindset and you know and and basically in its most simplest form just believing that it was possible you know because so many people like you were saying like with the confidence in my is my training exactly what i want it to be you know is it going to get me the results i desire um once you get that confidence shaken even in the work you're putting in how are you going to be able to believe that you can actually do it on race day Mm -hmm. you know and uh, so that's kind of been my thing is really kind of reaching out to to more or less uh, dads, you know, who are in my, like right around me, you know, like mine's very targeted who I want to talk to is basically, you know, the guys were myself two years ago is mm-hmm. really who I want to speak to. And, uh, and I, I don't have like a necessarily a training program that I would really feel comfortable advising everyone to do because you know, I kind of piecemealed it together, but there's definitely a couple big chunks of it that I know would resonate and uh, ultimately, it was really some of the mental stuff that I was working through that really got me, um, you know, to, to, to dramatically improve my, my finishing results, um, which was kind of cool. So, so I wanted to basically put together something to share with, 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 with my brethren, you know, our shared brethren, really, you know, our brothers in, in OCR and just kind of let them know, like, listen, you know, keep the faith. You're on the right track. Uh, there's just some holes probably in your training. Um, and you, you need someone to kind of help guide you along that path 
you know, whether it's coaching with you, but ultimately maybe even just strategies on how to kind of peel back some layers and kind of look at their own training under a different light and from a different angle and just kind of maybe taking a step back a little bit and, and reframing some of that stuff. So, um, so I want to basically put together just some, some good content from, from the elites in the field and, but almost sort of tailor some of your stuff down a little bit more, you know, thinking that you're talking to a dad and I know you have a great testimonial on your website, uh, Tim, uh, and what you're able to do for him, you know, and, and that, that's kind of the people I speak to, you know, right. who, uh, you know, have kids are very busy, you know, but still want to compete, you know, aren't ready to just hang it up. Um, so I'll let, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and, and your background and then we can get into the Q and a. Totally. Yes. My name is Rich Ryan. I'm an endurance coach specifically with for runners and obstacle course racers. I'm a member of the 2020 Spartan pro team. Uh, there is still a pro team, even though there's no races, I guess they're just asking us to help out with some content. So I'm on the team. It's great. I have the Jersey. Um, so yeah, and I've been focused primarily in obstacle course racing as an athlete and as a coach for the past, you know, about five or six years or so. And, uh, have an endurance coaching company called reinforced running where we would do help out, um, athletes of all, pretty much of all caliber, but really people who want to put in the work that they know can help them get faster and, and wanting to find their true potential. And that's really who we're trying to help is someone who knows that they have more to give and they just need that point in the right direction. And they need a little bit of help with, uh, some mindset and a little bit of programming. Awesome. Awesome. So I know we kind of queued up some, some questions here for you. Um, so I know it, there, there was a bunch on the list, but <clears throat> honestly, I'd like to dive right into it. Let's do it. Uh, and, you know, when it, when it talks about like mentality and, and the mindset, you know, everyone has their own things and, and what they do to kind of get into state and, and what kind of self-talk and all that kind of stuff. So particularly with you, uh, you know, when it comes to a mental obstacle or the mental challenge of just the, the grind of day-to-day -day training, is there any kind of technique or system that you apply to, to your mentality and mindset when it just comes to training, not necessarily race day, but just training in the day-to-day -day grind? So, so training itself yeah it is a day-to-day -day grind and for me a lot of times it comes down more to the physical and that like leaks into the mental the mental part, i like it i just enjoy training and that's something that is really going to be helpful for anyone if they can figure out why they're doing it and if finding the joy in a training so for obstacle course race athletes in particular who a lot of times the, the athletes i coach they know they need to get better at running right running on flats they're either getting left in the dust or they can't go up or down hills and a lot of times there's a wide range of athletes who come into this sport who aren't runners. So they need to find the joy in the training and, and figuring out ways that they can really enjoy what they're doing without just feeling like it's something daunting and they need to do. And for me, it's a lot of thinking about why I'm doing it. Right. And like, that's something that I do talk about a lot and it's cliche, but having your why there for you and like having it anchored down into the ground so that every time things get tough, like, you know why you're doing it. Um, and for me, it's changed a lot over the years. It used to be a way that I needed to, I identified as an athlete. Like that was part of who I was as a person. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's, uh, it was just being a fast runner is something I thought I had to be. And, and now it is really comes down to the enjoyment of the training and, and really finding finding out what I'm capable of doing and not leaving anything on the table, not living with regret down the road. So that's my, that's my why that's my anchor behind it. And it really just helps me enjoy training. Cause I, I enjoy that process and I enjoy like finding where I need to go. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. Absolutely. Now that, that's, that's great. Why being your anchor? You know, there's so many, you know, the Simon Sinek has video on, on finding your why, obviously probably everyone who, who's watching this kind of video would probably have seen a video like that. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, to anchor it to what you're doing, you know, the day to day, you know, that, that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, what about race day? What would you say about, you know, you're, you're, you're in the starting corral, you're getting ready and you know, the butterflies are probably there. Um, and uh, is there any kind of self talk that you go through, you know, your a little mantra or something that you're doing a breathing exercise, something to kind of calm your mind. Yeah. And this has changed dramatically over the years as well. I used to get really, really fired up. I used to just go over the top crazy and just get on the line and be all worked up and ready to like explode. And really it's come down to just trusting the training. Like you're at the starting line, there's nothing you can really do at that point. And just knowing that you can execute and just keeping that in mind. Uh, OCR is, you know, there's a lot of different elements that play into and a lot of things that can go wrong. <laughs> so there's always a little bit of, oh, I hope this can go well, but not worrying about the things that are out of your control and not worrying about the competition who is at the line and, and really just focusing on, on what I can control has helped a lot because I used to really worry about the competition and, and it doesn't, it didn't serve me at all. Whoever's in the race, it doesn't really matter. I want to see how well I can do against the best, of course, but it, it, someone being in a specific race shouldn't change the effort that I'm going to put forward. Um, so really getting there and just feeling calm and feeling confident and, and feeling comfortable with the work that I've done and, and knowing that now that I'm there, I'm just about to put in the work and it should take care of itself. No, I, I actually, I love that. Uh, trusting the training, um, I think it, it is critical because, uh, you know, just even personally, just, just thinking of, you know, like just like the monkey bars, we'll say an obstacle, a simple mm -hmm. obstacle for most people. But I can't tell you how many years that I would have run up to those monkey bars and I'd slow down and stop, you know, and, and the rig and twister and all these obstacles. And, and you just, oh man, you know, I hope it don't fail, you know, and all of a sudden you're just like, you're hoping like the negative doesn't happen. And mm -hmm. then you get up and you do it and you're like, oh my gosh, that's right. I was doing pull-ups. I was doing the work, you know, I got to trust the training. And I think that that's actually awesome. I think that's actually probably something uh, right now that I'm going to adopt as I go into an obstacle. It's just like, trust the training, trust the training, you know, don't doubt, don't hesitate, don't stall, just go after it. After you train, trust it. Yeah, and it's a chance for you to find out how the training is, is working when it comes to the races. And something that I've actually adopted recently is going through and, and really kind of mapping out the race harder and, and more specifically than I have in the past, where I used to almost trust too much and would just go and be like, whatever comes, comes. And then I'll just, I know I'm fit enough. I know I can get through it. And now I've actually kind of gone through and, and started to plan for every specific part of the race. And this is kind of along the lines of a journaling practice that would happen the night before where I would kind of I'd more or less study the map and, and write things out and just know and, and have the confidence that I know how to do these obstacles and just reaffirm in my head and have a plan going into the obstacles or going into a specific part of the course where I know I can either pick it up or, or, or a place where I know I need to kind of settle in and just having a strategy there. It, it doesn't change anything for race day. It doesn't change any of the training, but it more reaffirms that I'm prepared and it just really helps me feel confident and makes me trust that I, I am ready. No, I love it. Yeah. Cause like you said earlier, I mean, there's so many variables in the race, you know, but controlling, you know, which obstacle is coming next and you know, there's going to be, you know, a long stretch of running that's coming up and then you're going to get into a, you know, a gamut of, of five obstacles back to back to back to back and then another mile or two of running. Yeah. Like at least having that 
confidence in knowing the course for sure. There's one variable, you know, you don't have to worry about is like, when is the bucket brigade, you know? Right. And, and knowing where your strengths are, right? Like if you know, you need to, like for me, I come from a running background. So I know if there's going to be any open area in when it comes to running, I know I have to buckle down and I need to know where that is. Like it can't be halfway through the segment of, of open running and be like, Oh crap, this is where I was supposed to go. Like I need to know when it's time to go so that I can go. Like that was, did you do New Jersey this past uh, fall? Yes. Yeah. And like there was that long stretch of second climb, right? It was just almost all running. Yes. And I knew that there. I was like, okay, I need to go right now. And if you don't, and if you can drift and things look different on the map than they do in when you're out there, of course. So like just knowing and having a strategic plan of what you want to go and what you want to do, it, it, it does help. You know, it gives you that confidence and it, and then you're in that moment and you have the choice to execute or to not, and you already have the plan. So you're much more likely to execute if you, if you know you've made this up and you know, you can handle it. Like you'll make the, the proper choice where if you leave it to chance, be like, Oh, this looks like some running. Maybe I'll go harder. It's like, well, I'm kind of feeling tired now. Maybe I should save it. I don't really know where I am. Exactly. So like that's, that's helped me a lot too, is really knowing where I am and, and executing no matter what. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's awesome. And, and that's, and this is like the little stuff that, that makes a difference, you know, of a minute or two. Yeah. It really determines potentially, you know, getting that top five or a potential podium, you know, as you very well know, you know, seconds matter everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, so sticking with, with the age group guys, uh, what's the best training advice you would give to a typical age group competitor? I wouldn't say typical. I'd take that a, a more seasoned age group guy who's really like right there at the top five and just kind of not sure if they have it in them to get to that top three. Mm -hmm. um, what's the best training advice you would offer the guys like us? Yeah, I definitely found with guys like you or even people who are in anyone from the top five to top 10 or people who are just coming into age group, they all kind of had the same aspirations. It's like, I want to see where I'm at when it comes to the competition in my age. And um, again, I don't want to sound cliche, but the why is really important to this. And for someone like yourself or for any of the, the guys listening who have a lot on their plate, it can get lost. Like, like man, in your, in your case, when you needed to do, or like you've done some, had some good performances this past year and you know you've reached the podium so like in any given race like what would you say your goal is yeah no and, and it's just honestly it, it's it's to go hard and stay injury free really you know um is a lot of times it, it for me a lot of times it's like get ready to to be uncomfortable for a while and embrace mm. that um got it that's, that's kind of the thing because a lot of times i know a lot of guys finish a race and and uh, you know i kind of left a little bit out there you right know? Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to end a race thinking, ah, you know, I missed it. And I, oh, if I would have went harder here, you know, I could have went harder there. I can serve, I can serve too much, but yeah, a little push the limit a little bit. So that's cool. Like having that kind of goal is like, okay, I want to make sure I push it. And then just asking yourself why again, be okay. Like, well, then why is it important to push it? Like, what would you say for that? Like, what, why would that be important? Well, ultimately for me personally, it, it is to get onto that, that podium. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's it's just one of those things where achieving a dream and, and, and proving to yourself that you still have it and knowing that belief is a real thing, like by believing and trusting that like you really can capture this stuff. And it just affirms that, you know, the belief and, and the why and knowing that it's possible and then committing the effort to doing it, um, you know, getting that podium just is just validation, really, you know, that, that, it, that it's working and that ultimately, you know, I, I believe a podium 
transcends a race course. I believe that having that podium experience and being able to relive it just proves to yourself that, you know, when you're hitting a challenge way off the, the race course, whether it's family or professional, you can kind of hone in on that and use that as an anchor that, wow, that's right. I did achieve something grand. If I put my mind to it and I believe in it, I can do it. So, um, so that's, that's why I, I have, I'm so passionate about doing what we're doing right now and getting this message out there is to show that, you know, it's not just about a Spartan podium and getting the medal on that hot summer day. It's about, or cold nor'easter day in New Jersey, you know, in October, November, but, uh, but it's about what the lesson learned and how you apply it into your everyday life to just be a better, better family man, a better dad, better, you know, boss, whatever it is that you're doing. hundred percent. And that's really the reason why I got into coaching in the first place is that it does transcend. It, it, it gives people confidence beyond the task at hand. It's like, you can do monkey bars on a mountain. That's cool. But like, you couldn't before and now you can. And so like, where else, how else does that spill into everyday life? Um, and, and, you know, you have have the show and you've thought about this. I can tell just from talking to you, like, this is something that you have put time and you really drilled down into, but I feel like a lot of people haven't, you know, and when, when they get asked like, Oh, why do you want to be on the podium? It's like, well, I just wanted to go as hard as I can. It's like, okay, well, well why is that important? And then like, they're like, well, you know, this and that, and like just drilling down on the why until it gets to a point where there's no more answers. And then having that there. And I think that that's a really important piece when it comes to, to training. Again, it's not like, it's not like, Hey, do uh, an 800 meter bucket carry, you know, it's it, but it is more important than that because it can get lost because the day to day is so, is so crazy. The, the, the goal of getting to a podium seems grand enough that there doesn't need to be anything below that. Like why you really want to do that. And your, your why is different than my why. And everybody's is going to be a little bit different, believe it or not where when you internalize it, like, well, everybody wants to reach the podium because of they want to see what they can accomplish. But really that's not always the case. So doing that kind of work is, is really helpful when it comes to performance and just helps the training overall. Yeah. And, 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 the, and it trains the commitment muscle, I think, mm-hmm. you know, cause with, with anything you're committing to in life, you know, if you commit to achieving a podium, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the work. And once you achieve it, it shows that, you know, commitment means something, you know, mm. and it applies across, across the board. So, uh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and you'll see that in other things like people who have like body composition goals or who stick to a diet long enough, you know, they'll be like, okay, like what else can I do? Maybe now I'll run a marathon. Maybe now I'll do an obstacle course race or vice versa. You know, you do a marathon, like, Hey, I wonder if I can lose 30 pounds type of thing. Um, yeah. so yeah, it just does that commitment muscle. That's a good way to put it. So, uh, for you, this is, this is, this is a really cool question. Um, and, uh, I, I like it a lot. It just really makes you dig down a little bit, but basically I'll, I'll just read so I don't screw it up. If you could go back in time and talk to a younger version of yourself, let's say like a 17, 19 year old, uh, what's the one thing you would teach him if you met him a month prior to his first OCR event? Okay. So if that was me bef- a month before that or a younger me preparing for OCR down the road. I would just basically say a younger you preparing, maybe not OCR, but just a younger you preparing to get into, you know, just competitive events like this. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that when growing up, like I was fast relatively quickly and, uh, and I was always fairly athletic and, and we could accomplish a lot in, in sport. And then, you know, winning became, again, part of my identity. 
you know, like I wanted to win. And so later in life, when we came into endurance sports, where it became one-on-one, same thing kind of bled over. Right. So like, and, and for a long time I had success with that, where I did, I won a lot. I've won a lot of races. I've been able to run fast. You know, I've worked hard. Um, but it got to the point where, where winning became more important than, than really anything else than any other of the process or any of the, any other outcome it was winning. So that meant a lot of times maybe even shying away from the best competition and not being able to, for the sake of not winning, you know, like if I, if I knew there was a race that was easier to win, like I would more likely steer myself that way as opposed to putting myself against the best of the best and knowing that I can push myself more and I'll get better results. And it really shouldn't be about the, the end of result. It should be about the process of becoming a better competitor and being a, a better athlete. That's really is the main goal and not about winning itself or your place or, or anything like that. So um, that was something that I would want to like, you'll go further in endurance sports and sports in general. And just in life, if you put yourself in a position where, failure is likely, you know, and not, and not, and like embracing that and not shying away from it for the sake of the result. I think would be yeah. kind of where I'd be. Well, it sounds like you definitely ended up doing that. Cause it sounds like with your OCR, how you thought your speed, like, like you even said your words, this was made for you and you were going to show up and just crush it. And you just got mud in your face. And <laughs> yeah. And that like, if it was directly before, that would be the advice I would give myself going into OCR is just be a little like, be humble, man. Like, cause I just, I did look at it as, okay, like these are potentially not runners and I am a runner. So I should be able to cover this running distance faster than them. And that was not the case. And I didn't, I didn't take it seriously at first and it took, it took a good year and a half, two years to really humble myself and, and change the way I train, change my outlook on everything. Because uh, yeah, I got my butt kicked the first. Yeah. <laughs> 12 to 18 months in this thing. So speaking of that then, so a uh, next question, if you would just recommend the two, two or three uh, best exercises, um, you know, for an OCR athlete to focus on, I, I think running is kind of probably hands down. And, and I know you could drill down into different types of running and form and cadence and aerobic versus intervals and all that. But with leaving that off, what would be the next top two? Right. It seems to be the general consensus now, right? It's like, if you're not faster, get faster. So running for, so secondary from running. Well, one exercise that I find is, is really translates across pretty much everything is a kettlebell swing and a kettlebell swing is, you know, a hip hinge with an with explosive power coming up. And one part that is really left undone on the kettlebell swing is the return back to the start. So if you a lot of times you'll see someone really explode that kettlebell swing. It comes up to their eyes like a Russian kettlebell swing, and then it floats there for a little bit, and then it just comes down, right? And then it just returns. You need to pull that thing down underneath you and as fast and as hard as you can. And then that way it gets your whole, it gets your lats like crazy. So especially now, like I know for me, I have a tough time finding pull-ups. Like I don't have a gym. My place is too small to have a pull-up bar. Like I don't, I can't really get my, that, those lats engaged as I would like to. So I found that the kettlebell swing, if you are being honest and ripping that sucker back underneath your legs, it will really help move the needle with a lot of that posterior chain and uh, some explosive explosibility that you have there. It's a lot of uh, mobility work, mobility practice that comes into, and it also works your grip. So it's kind of a, a nice coverall for an obstacle course race athlete. It's not extremely sport specific, but 
um, it helps a lot of the areas. Um, and if you wanted to be a little more sports specific, sports specific, I would say pull-ups and, and more specifically eccentrics going up, uh, jumping up fast and then holding yourself at the top and lowering yourself down really slow. Um, this helps your body control and it also helps that, um, kind of lockout ability. When you get to tougher obstacles, it, it is helpful to be able to kind of sit there and have that bent arm and be able to move from like ring to ring or from monkey bar to monkey bar. And I found that when you have that, it gives you a lot of confidence. I mean, I, it's not always the fastest way to get through, but you know, if you are strong enough to hold that 90 and you can match your hands and move side to side, that is really critical on like wet days or cold days to, to have something like that. Love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Kettlebell has been uh, my best friend lately. Um, you know, basically we're stuck inside and just getting something that's versatile, but yeah, the, like you said, compounding the grip strength, um, you know, and I, and I, and I know about the, the pullback too, and I've kind of left that off. You know, there's like, sometimes I feel like it and sometimes, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm just going to let it fall, but that's uh, right. You that, forget like, cause you do it and you're like, all right, cool. And you're going through it. And then like it, you start doing it for reps instead of effort. And that's another part with the kettlebell swing. It should be until you can't go as hard as you can on every single rep. So if that's five, that's five. It shouldn't be like doing 20 kettlebell swings isn't going to get to the same result as doing like 10 as or 10 or five as hard as you possibly can. And like leveling up in weight, they're just hard to get your hands on, man. I've been trying to, I've been on rogue. I've been on kettlebell Kings. They're just sold out. You can't get those things anywhere. Yeah, I know. I got some of mine are getting a little, little heavy for some of these other <laughs> workouts, but uh, yeah, exactly. I only have one. So like, it's a little bit too light for explosive weight. It's a little bit too heavy for strict stuff. So I just kind of, have to, I just carry it I just carry it upstairs. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's the beauty. Well, yeah. I mean, Joe Vicenna, I mean, obviously, you know, vouch for that, but, uh, yeah. but just the idea of, uh, the core stability too, when you have only one, it can only work one side at a time, whatever you're doing, a clean or a snatch or, mm -hmm row or whatever um just that that core engagement i found is obviously really critical because you know as we know spartan courses are not level flat surfaces so mm -hmm. you gotta have a lot of uh you know mobility built into that good stuff right there from rich ryan thank you rich uh that was only part one guys so part two rich is gonna delve into some of the specifics of his ocr training what he actually does in his apartment in philadelphia that you could do in your own bedroom or basement using a kettlebell and a pull-up bar uh so he'll talk about that also who his influencers are and why uh, and ultimately what it's going to take for rich to get to the next level so stay tuned and uh, tune in to part two of this uh, for those of you uh, who haven't heard i am uh, conducting a webinars now that are pulling back the curtain on what it took for me Basically, your average dad, busy guy, who went from an above average participant to a podium finisher. Uh, and it happened in a pretty short span of time. So I'm pulling back the curtain and have flushed out some of the details and elements that I implemented and discovered on my journey. Uh, and I know you will find extreme value in that. So go ahead and either click the link in the description somewhere around here or type in MatthewAngler.com forward slash podium secrets with an s and get yourself registered again it's matthewengler.com forward slash podium secrets and register and you're also going to get my free daily optimization guide as a free gift for just registering for that webinar uh, so appreciate your time today and check out part two of my interview with rich ryan as well thanks guys we'll see you soon thanks for hanging out with us today 
Your time is valuable and we appreciate you spending it with us. Realizing your optimized self begins with taking action and making progress every single day. Achieving a fuller life can be as simple as smiling more often while embracing the infinite possibilities waiting for you. If you like what you heard today, be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with your friends. We are grateful for your support and appreciate you sharing this with others. See you in the next episode. And remember, together, let's all live Warrior Optimized.